welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. This week, myself, Stuart Court, is as ever joined by Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? I am very well, and hopefully I've never sounded so good. Um, that is up before. That's not, not for me to say, really. Let the listener decide. Let the listener decide. One, Mr. Dave Sayers, there's his um, Patreon shout-out for the week. Um, exactly. Sign up. Uh, yeah, so this week the Seahawks uh, are preparing for the very familiar uh, LA Rams in the wildcard week of the NFL NFC playoffs. It comes out after, after the regular season closed with a lot of records breaking and falling and having new names atop certain lists, but it was a very 2020 Seahawks uh, way to start 2021. Yeah, I mean, I was watching, as I often do when it's a Game Pass game, with a game with the volume on the laptop and then Red Zone muted on TV. Um, And to be honest, I was only really paying serious attention to the Seahawks game as as long as the Packers and the Saints game uh, were fairly tight. And then they stopped being tight. And I wanted us to pull out all of our starters because it didn't seem like we were going anywhere fast. The third seed was in the bag. And so I'd almost lost, you know, lost any focus on what, on what was going on. And three touchdowns later, we're looking at a win. Um, it was a completely bizarre fourth quarter, one that is as playing into the narrative of what, what Pete Carroll wants to do is maybe any game ever. Uh, I would urge him to not use that um, as something to, to build too much on, but he will. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a completely bizarre game that went from turgid nonsense to so uh, a pretty good win at the end. I was so bored. I mean, I, I was drinking for most of the, most of Sunday, I think, actually. Um, just trying to burn through Christmas alcohol, but uh, <laughs> I was so bored. I was on my phone. I wasn't really paying much attention because that first half, I mean, it was it was 6-3, 49ers at halftime, which then turned into 9-6 with, with uh, 9-6, 49ers at the start of the third, at the start of the fourth quarter, then five touchdowns in 15 minutes. I mean, yeah, like the Seahawks got going as they, as they did the week before Adam, like they, they put two drives together. They just happened to come in the fourth quarter, but they put two drives together with some aplomb and yeah, like both passes, both touchdowns passes to Tyler Lockett who had a day, but it's just, it, it's, we've seen that game three or four times this season, especially, and all of them seem to be like come post Buffalo, Adam. Yeah. I mean, look, clearly this is how they think they need to win games. Uh, it's protect the ball. It's play good defense, punt it away. Don't do anything silly. And to a point, yeah, like against all of the not good teams, because of the um, the talent gap that we've got on most teams that we play, it's going to work. And uh, I think yeah, so that's four and a record to, to close out the year, which is which is great. Um, the problem is that we're now entering the big boy leagues with teams that can do that and score points against good defenses. Um, and so, it yeah, you know, the, the whole success and failure of it is going to rest on one or two games now. And I don't think it's unfair to say that because 
the whole season has been built up and the fact that this is the year we have to get to the championship game. Look how much they've spent on on everything on this particular team. It has to it has to be you know reap re- rewards. Yeah, I, th- I think a few weeks ago. I think we said about the Jets game, it was going to tell us absolutely nothing. I don't think we learned anything on Sunday, really, that much. Russell Wilson kind of has done what he's done for the last six weeks of the season. He didn't tour, turn the ball over, which is like the main point Pete Carroll pointed out on his post-game and Monday uh, press conferences as well. It's just, that is a massive thing. And I think like the spook that they got from that game in Buffalo especially and what the first quarter and a bit in LA the week after is just it's put the regular season on a certain track they're just maybe they can get back off back on the other track it doesn't look like the penchant to do that is there but I learned very little from Sunday I mean I think the only thing I've learned really over the last month is that Wilson looks potentially season definingly broken at the moment and nothing um, he seems to be doing in the in the you know the deep game is gone um he's got happy feet in the pocket again i know you're about to counter which is you know i'm interested to hear what you have to say but i just have a feeling that he he looks like he needs an off season to get himself back because i just don't think he looks confident in anything that he's doing at the moment no I, yeah he's not what he was in the early part of the season but i think uh, yeah no that He's 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 doing enough, and maybe with the, how the schedule kind of rolled out with the past the last six weeks of the season, that's all he really needed to do. And like I say, it's just you've put him in that much of a trance playing playing the game this way of like just being uh, turnover averse. And I think the points Pete Carroll made after the game were pretty solid. Like these defenses, the ones they're playing, are are going to going to jump on the mistakes and then not give you a chance to come back into the game which even with the 49ers dishevelled roster on Sunday they they, they could have done that because George Kittle was out there Juice juice Check was out there Jeff Wilson looked good and he's just I think he has a point with that but now I don't know I just I think the Brandon Shell injury absence illness whatever it was has made a made a massive uh imprint on this season because he just looks a different player when Brandon Schall is there which is wild for someone who's costing what two and a half million dollars wasn't here last year but that's just an impact that guys like that kind of have and that, the fact that he is back on Saturday night uh, is can only be a good thing I think I, I, I don't know I may, maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid a bit but I I, I think this team is going to flip a switch whether it's going to be enough to keep up with the Packers at home or even the Saints in New Orleans or maybe but I, I think the other teams in the NFC they have enough to get past them if the offence just kind of sparks back into even 45% of life Adam my worry is that the Eagles will play the same, sorry, the Rams will play the same role as the Eagles did last year. And we'll get through that in a strange game that is decided by a couple of moments. And then the Saints game will happen in the same way as the Packers game did last year, whereby we go into it thinking that, you know, this is how we need to play. But the Saints will think, well, we're just going to score. And they'll score three touchdowns and we'll be in a hole that we nearly get ourselves out of because we realize we've got to play proper you know, slinging it ball that Wilson can do, but they don't want him to do it. And we'll end up being in the same position as 12 months ago. And and I'm going to be really pissed off if that happens. You might be right, but 
last year's Packers are better than this year's Saints. And I think this year's Seahawks are better than last year's Seahawks. Yeah, I don't think that's... Yeah, that's true. But my worry is that Breeze in games like that in the Dome with Kamara, with fucking Hill uh, and Cook and pricks like that and Thomas and Sanders, they'll just have more than... You know, they'll have more guys out there than we can cover. Um, But anyway, we've got the Rams this week, who who I think... I mean, yeah... So I'm 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 in a in a mix about this game as well. So the 49ers game on Sunday, as we said, not a lot really happened apart from records broke for the Seahawks. Tyler went off again in that uh, somewhat cursed field. I mean, the commentary team really should have done some research on when they said that the Tyler Lockett won't play there every week. No Seahawk wants to play there more than once in a season. Um, <laughs> Tyler Lockett went off for 12 catches on 14 targets, 90 yards, and two touchdowns, which saw him get. Finished the season with a hundred catches and one thousand and fifty-four yards. It's his second consecutive one thousand yard season. He beat the Doug Bowl winners, uh Daryl Jackson by the Engram record quite comfortably. They had ninety-four catches and Tyler needed six catches to break it and ended up with the twelve. And everyone's talking about consistency, Adam. Last year he got to 1,057 yards this year. He got 1,054 yards. He is what he's like, lock one seal, and he tied like it. Yeah. And he, I mentioned it last week that I didn't think he was being used quite enough. Um, and yeah, you know, he, I was pleased to see that he ended up being the go to guy for those two touchdowns. And I do think he's a pace changer for this team. I do think he is a guy that we need to be playing well for us to play well. Um, his movement, the way in which he finds space in the red zone, you know, he, he hits that. He, he's never someone that runs a six yard route when, on third and seven ever. Yeah, yeah. He's got such a good awareness of where he needs to be. And I think his reintegration as maybe wide receiver one or one and a half is absolutely essential to getting this team to where it needs to be. Yeah. As I said a few weeks ago, Tyler is Russell Wilson's wallet and keys before he leaves the house. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. Also, it's quite, quite, Call, listen to Tyler after the game give ma- major props to a guy that both me and you put in the top three five of all time Seahawks Doug Baldwin I mean that kind of run eight yards when you need seven on a route is kind of very Doug Baldwin it's clearly something he took and clearly something he, he took he took from Doug and learnt from Doug when he was here before he retired a couple of years ago because I mean I think we said here in the season the, the biggest regret of the DK Metcalf ascension and emergence is that he didn't even get one year with 89 Adam. Yeah, that would have been so good. Um, the one thing this team is probably missing is just that absolute slot demon that Doug could have been even later on in his career. You know, if he wasn't burning guys down the outside, he could have mm. been, you know, he could have been like the Edelman that we saw against us play this year. That's what Baldwin could have done in so many games. Um, he would have been uncoverable, I would say. Would yeah. have been great. Yeah, uh, DK Metcalf uh, set a or broke a 35-year franchise single-season record. The first Seahawk receiver in the season to ever pass 1,300 yards, finish with 1,303 yards and 10 touchdowns. Russell Wilson got had his second most yards passing in the season, 4,212. It's the first time a Seahawks quarterback has ever thrown for 40 touchdowns in a season, and he now holds the top five seasons 
for Seahawks in yardage and four of the top five for touchdowns from a quarterback in a Seahawks season. It's the fifth time that the Seahawks have won 12 or more games in the regular season. The last three times they did, Adam, 2005, 2013 and 2014. And well, we all know how those, what games those ended up in. And the other one was 1984. It's also the most points ever scored by a Seahawks team in the season, 459. And the defence gave up 28 less points than the 2019 Seahawks defence did. Which kind of, it kind of lines up with my thinking that this team is better than last year, Adam. It is. I think the points scored is slightly misleading because I'd be interested to see the split of that in the first half and second half of the year. I mean, Wilson threw 28 of those 40 touchdowns in the first eight games of the season, I believe. Mm. They only threw 12 in the last eight games. So if we assume that this team going forward is more of an image of the second half of the season than the first half of the season, defensively, that's great. Uh, I think they've held their last six opponents to under their average points, um, which, you know, they're not, not been great offences, so it's not been maybe a test of, of really what what we can handle, but we've been performing against those teams better than other teams have been. So that that's obviously a positive. Offensively, I do worry that this team isn't going to put enough points on the board um, to win the big games in, in the modern NFL. But I, I suppose we'll have to see the games plan out and play out to, to see how that goes. Yeah, but it's it's like there is a kind of a point where you just go, okay, this is it is kind of cool seeing all those games I mean we it ended up we kind of thought it would be with how the Saints and Packers are going to play but it was it, it made something of something which was kind of a, a dead rubber in the end Adam look it was always great to beat the 49ers um, that's always good fun and it's amazing to me how like juiced these guys look in every game at all times um, I mean I mean the Bobby Wagner KJ Wright thing is so so good yeah I mean KJ blows up a screen uh, I think to Jeff Wilson early on in the game, I think it was 6-0 at the time. and Or maybe it was a pass to Kittle, actually. It was a high pass. And <clears throat> he just ran around just, just on the near side um, to us and just smashed the guy. Um, <clears throat> Quandre Diggs played an absolute monster hit on Jeff Wilson, who then got up and showed his muscles, despite yeah. being obliterated. Well, do, do uh, you, do you, really odd. Like what KJ Wright said after there's a, a hit on... It's very... Cam on Day Thomas and the 48 from KJ on Juice Check and KJ Wright said that Juice Check got up just like chatting shit. And I'm like, you've just been levelled. Like the whole <laughs> NFL watching world saw you get levelled by a guy possibly in his last season and you're getting up chatting shit. I think he even pushes KJ and then obviously got yeah. Bobby Wagner just hooting and literally hooting and hollering which is brilliant when there's no crowd noise you just hear every uh, syllable of what it was yeah it was brilliant like that kind of thing like those two having that kind of moment is kind of cool what 10 years into KJ uh, career Adam I kind of feel this season has certified KJ Wright's legacy more than any other despite the fact that he's probably been a better player he's played better this year than maybe last year but you know naturally his body is you know will be um, depreciating uh, and how many hits he can take but I feel like this year is one that I'll remember for a long time, like how KJ played in this year to like maybe push himself to like a ring of honor type of guy. Um, like there's so I mean, many, there's so many that have to be there. <laughs> you know, there's I mean, probably they, nine guys from the last decade that 
are no-brainers that need to be there. Um, um, as a result, some of them aren't going to make it. So KJ is the kind of guy that you'd think would like miss out just because of the, you can't put them all in. But I feel like this season is one that will be looked upon so favourably. I mean, they're, they're definitely going to find a way to like skirt skirt it a bit and just put B up there, aren't they? Hmm. That's, that's, how, that's what they're going to have to do because, I mean, yeah, there is quite a lot, especially on the defensive back end, who deserve to be uh, up there. One more thing on the game. And, um, uh, Russell, uh, Chris Carson at one point had his ear wrapped, which sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, that was weird. How can you have your ear wrapped? Uh, it was off a run. It was, it was, I remember it, it was bleeding quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything's come up on an injury report about concussion no. or anything, has it? But that's, I don't think so. I feel like that's normally a sign of concussion at times in it, a bleeding ear, but maybe um, you know, maybe it was just a contact injury. Yeah, uh, but yeah moving forward, uh, the Seahawks now play on Saturday night, 20 to 10 uh, UK time kickoff against the LA Rams. And Adam, it's been a long decade of LA Rams football watching the team without a quarterback, but it looks like they might finally found their guy in Wake Forest, John Walford, Adam. Yeah, I mean... There's been so many things of like, you know, the Seahawks might face the LA Rams with a backup quarterback this week. And I was thinking, what, is Goff back? I mean, is, is, he, is he available? Um, so it, it's funny. I mean, the bit that I've you know had since I think his last year of Cal, I've enjoyed it so much, even though it's come to bite us so many times. Um, but I, yeah, if he beats us this year, it might be time to close down the podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not sure how we'd recover. Yeah, I, I I don't. There's there's a very clear moment from Sean McVay when he realised maybe we could win with Walford because he said that Goff would be back next week, and then Walford, yeah, he threw interception. His first pass looked pretty good on Sunday. Ran the ball really well, which is somewhat concerning with who may be missing for the Seahawks. But and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah, uh, Goff is uh, going to be limited all week, and we'll see. It's like, like we, it's, you clearly have had enough or getting close to having enough and John Walford but um, we faced them two times we faced them way too many times we faced them two weeks ago if it is John Walford it's going to be it is going to be a different team to defend even though they're going to do the same kind of things because as Sunday showed he's a lot more willing to run the ball which is one thing kind of was in our favour with Goff two weeks ago Adam yeah, I feel like we were able to suppress their running game better than ever before two weeks ago, but probably largely in parts than having no healthy, you know, fiery running backs. You know, Cam Akers is back this week. He wasn't then. Uh, and Goff obviously couldn't move, as you saw. Um, there, I think there were a couple of plays where he tried to, to get around the edge and just couldn't make it. So it would be a slight concern, especially if Jamal Adams isn't healthy, um, if they've got a running quarterback and a proper running back. Um, back there but you know the, the Seahawks have focused so much on stopping the run this year um, I think Dunlap said in his press conference uh, after the game how the focus was so much about stopping the run which is a lot of people would say that's unconventional and archaic thinking in, in, in the modern NFL but it, it works for them um, so let's see um, I'm nervous because it just feels like one of those like annoying Cardinals games for a couple of years ago or it even feels like a St. Louis, a St. Louis Rams game with with the Longs standing on the uh, on the bench waving at the, uh, at the at the fans. Like just one of those just awkward games that we never get out of our own way. Do, do we know what the weather's going to be like yet? 
No, I haven't. I've got to be honest, I haven't looked. I'm going to look it up now because I've got Seattle in my little weather app. I'd imagine cold, maybe wet. Saturday, how strange. Saturday is the only day it's going to be sunny and not raining. And every other day, at least 40%, 50% rain. Cool. So it's the one day this year, probably, which should yeah. be raining in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This, I mean, Cooper Cup missed a game last week with the COVID list. Michael Brock has missed a game last week on the COVID list. They, or well, Cup is definitely back. Brockers, I think, is going to be uh, a little bit more, a little dicier. But about stopping a run, Jaron Reed is, um, I mean, it looked like he needed the toilet quite badly and it's a bleak strain. Yeah, it, it looked uncomfortable for Seahawks on the 90 on Sunday when he left the field on. Yeah, it didn't look particularly good. Um, there were a load of play- a load of weird ones this week with players like doing the splits in the middle of the field. Um, there was Wayne Goldman, there was Carlson from the Browns. Just a lot of kind of awkward looking positions that I would never want to be in, let alone on an NFL field. <laughs> yeah, with two hundred and eighty pounds worth of athlete about to spear you in the ribs. Um, yeah, uh, confident score prediction for Sunday. Am I confident? I don't know what my overriding emotion is at the moment. I, I've got a horrible feeling there's a sting in the tail of this game, which would be completely self-inflicted because of my abuse of Jared Goff over the past five years. Um, I mean, he he is shit. It doesn't matter what happens on Sunday. He is garbage. Yeah, that's true. That's a good peace of mind. Um, I'm going to go. I'm taking the under, almost regardless of what it is, and. I think we'll win 17-14. So the Rams haven't scored more than 20 points in a game for the last five weeks, I think it is. I think the last time we scored more than 20 points was when we went to LA. Mm-hmm. That was only like 23. So I kind of, I'm kind of with you on the low scoring. But I think... I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with what the score should have been on Sunday. 26-16 to the Seahawks. I think uh, I think Walford plays. I think he has a couple of... I think he just throws at Cobb all day. Um, the over-under is 42 and a half. So, yeah, I don't see that being passed. You, just, just, you just snuck in. Just Can't snuck in. Or Vegas it. Um yeah, I think Walford plays. I think Cam Akers is going to be a problem. I think Jaron Reed plays. And I think that's a massive plus. I don't think Jamal Adams will play. No, me either. But and I think Russell Wilson would just do enough at home as he has done uh, on occasion this season. I mean, was it seven and two in one score games last year? They were eight and two in one score games this year. And it's just. Like it should not. They're just doing it in a completely different way to last year as well. But I, I think this team wins, and then it's. I mean, it's almost certainly the Saints, isn't it? Unless, yeah, I think it's going to have to. We're the third. We're the third seed. Yeah. So the only way it wouldn't be is if Washington beat Brady. Yeah, or if the Saints lose. Oh yeah, who've they got? They got the Bears. Hmm. Not completely out of the realms of possibility. Yes, and that will be fun. And then obviously the Green Bay Packers are likely to be waiting on Championship Weekend in Green Bay, which will be fun. And the last week of January, Adam? Yeah, I mean, you have to say, if it's Rodgers against Brady in the division around, that is just amazing. 
<laughs> like, that's so great. <laughs> if the division around is Rogers versus Brady and Breeze versus Wilson, and on, on the other side you've got like Mahomes and and Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I mean, that is as good a weekend as you could ever wish to have. Yeah, and then you got but after all that, you have Philip Rivers just spoiling them all. Yeah, and Baker Maybe. side arms and well, yeah, maybe not the Browns. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think the Seahawks will win on Sunday. I'm probably going to use this as a clip when we lose, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I, th- I just think, I don't know. I think we'll win. It can be like those BT adverts that are using the curb music for, yeah, for us. This, yeah, I'll be like Tim Sherwood. Yeah, we can start the podcast off next week, but I think Seahawks will win. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start playing Frolic behind it and pretend like Larry David's going to walk on screen. Uh, Spinning the bin, Adam? Yeah, let's do it. Right, I'm going to kick off. Um, we may have the same kind of uh, general area of things, but I'm going to put NFL media in the bin because I get like the Schefters of the world's job is not to like investigate corruption and stuff like like follow Trump around or whatever, but the cheerleading on the fact that the NFL completed its regular season <laughs> was gnarly at best. It, I, I get it. I get that it's their job. They have to like, it's all about if they do that, they get better access or whatever nonsense. But I mean, really like the NFL season should not have happened really. If we, th- if we, I know they got through and no one died in the league, but a lot of people died. I don't... Yeah. I think there's probably two, different points um i think i completely agree with you about you know the cheerleading that the fact that all the games are going on i mean the browns are going to go into a game on sunday without their coach in the playoffs <laughs> which you know they're not going to mention that and and they you know their number one offensive lineman who had a game ball passed to him because for the first time in seven years he was going to the playoffs and the guy was nearly in tears he can't play um i think the bullish nature and the way in which they've carried on regardless has been probably as american as it gets. Um, and I think not putting provisional weeks in for me, this should be a bye week Everyone should be bubbling up now and there should be an NBA style, um, you know, two cities hosting each playoff uh, bracket and then come together two weeks later for one game where everyone can be healthy. Um, but they've not done that. Um, and don't really know why, but uh, you know, they'll have their reasons, but yeah, you're right. The, the, the idea of like, well done NFL for getting 256 games, uh, yes, one of them was played without a quarterback, but who cares about that? Um, one of them was played without any running backs or wide receivers. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it, like, like I said, I get, I get it, and it's all about celebrating the league and everything. But like the context of it was just kind of a bit gnarly. I think it just yeah, yeah don't disagree. Think, think, uh, wasn't a fan, Adam. People will want to put the Eagles in the bin. But I just think it's the funniest thing I've ever, ever heard of. And I have to say, if the Seahawks played a game that they didn't need to win in any way, and actually winning would make it worse for us next year, and it would help the Rams or the 49ers get into the playoffs, if we even dared to try and win that game, I would want everyone fired. I'd be so (laughs) angry. And Joe Judge... I think might be, he is so on my radar as the biggest bin. He's definitely someone that introduces himself in social environments as coach judge instead of Joe, without question. He'll go to like mm-hmm. his parents, friend's house and say, I'm coach judge when your name's Joe. 
And his stupid little rant yesterday about disrespecting the league and the badge, what a load of bollocks. Get back in the box and get in the bin because this is just grandstanding to an absurd degree. Yeah, I, I don't like Joe Judge. Me either. Like I have talking to Ben as often as I do. I don't. He, oh, look at this! Oh, shut up! <laughs> He's so tiresome. He's been in the league a year. But did, did you ever watch the American Office? Uh, we n- no. We started watching it on New Year's Day, I think. But I was trying to explain to my wife that the first season isn't going to be good because they tried to mimic the English Office, and after that, it gets really good. Yeah. So we only actually got through one or two episodes before. My wife and sister were like, no, I'm not having this. Okay, well, the first episode is worth it. Anyways, do you haven't met Bob Vance? There's a character in the office called Bob Vance. He's married to one of the other characters. Okay. And he owns a refrigerating company. He introduced himself. The only line that actor ever said was, hi, Bob Vance, Bob Vance Refrigeration. That's what Joe Judge does. At, at <laughs> Coach Joe Judge of the New York Giants. Hi, Coach. When you said that, it's all I could think of was Bob Vance. But anyway, yeah, I don't like Joe Judge. Uh, another one for the bin, Jonathan Vilma. Um, a lot of people are already complaining because we've got Buck, Aikman and Aaron Andrews on Saturday night. But if ever there was a week not to complain about the announcers is after listening to Jonathan Vilmer on Sunday. I realise he's new at it, but, and like we talked to Adam Amin a few weeks ago about all the prep that goes into it from his side and uh, working with Mark as he does. Like some of the things he was saying was like, that's just not true. It takes one Google search. Like the, oh, the, the Seahawks, Tyler Lockett will love playing here. No, they, no, they won't. Why would any Seahawks player like playing in that building at this point? It was yeah, that was bizarre. I mean, horrible to listen to. I wasn't really li- paying close enough attention to the game because I was sort of so checked out of it and more interested in what was going on in other game. What was the what was the other games that had serious playoff repercussions? Was it the Giants and the and the Cowboys? Was that happening at the same time? No, Giants was six. There were a couple of games going on that were genuinely interesting for playoff. I mean, there was the Titans game. I was I was focusing on Derek Henry. Can he get two thousand yards? So. I was watching the game, but I wasn't watching it closely enough to really listen to what the commentators were saying, especially as my Twitter timeline was full of, oh my God, Vilma's so bad, Vilma's so bad. So I thought, well, I'm not going to just tune in for that specifically and then pay attention to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think any SEAL player ever wants to go back to Glendale if they can avoid it. No. So uh, yeah, that probably wasn't uh, wasn't his, his best of lines. Uh, anyone else for the bin, Adam? Anyone else for the bin? I have enjoyed, in relation to my first bin, a lot of ex-pros like Tory Smith saying, interesting how all of a sudden Pete, a lot of professionals seem to care about Week 17 games that they no longer uh, have playoff implications. I think a lot of people are being very, <laughs> very grandstandy to, uh, to curry favour. Any more? I don't think so. I had a question for you. I was what, looking at... Uh, Dan Labattard and his show highly questionable. Is he has he left the show or is he the show still going on? Is his dad still doing it? I couldn't really understand what was going on. I think the show's carrying on, but he's left ESPN. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Dan Labattard, highly questionable, is what it's like. Only first time I watched it was at our our at Bill's Bill yeah. Cindy's house because like Bill loved that TV show. So it was on every day, and it was just good. Like it's it's where Mina Kimes really got her ESPN. Katie Nolan, uh, Pablo Torre, Bamani uh, Jones, Bamani Jones, Dominique Foxworth. It is brilliant because mm-hmm. it's just absolute 
nonsense. Mm-hmm. And when ESPN is like has Booger talking nonsense or Schefter celebrating stuff, they actually kind of dig in on things and kind of yeah, it's like like Mina Kimes, everything Mina Kimes is kind of like that her the magazine and that show is really what kind of built it and the fact that ESPN have just let I think it's. I think he probably did want to leave a bit as well. Obviously, don't know the workings. But yeah, it's just it's just something that's is, is a loss to to um, like the the social media kind of stuff because all the clips were posted everywhere and it, it was just a fun show to watch amongst all the schmonksy stuff on ESPN. Usually, Adam. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that makes good sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't think of anyone else in the bin. Um, I don't think there is anyone else. I, Adam? I don't think so. Um, it's quite a quiet week. Joe Jones didn't say anything for a change. Yeah, the coaches that we expected to get fired got fired. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a weird reaction to Anthony Lim being fired because of, I mean, he was clearly not good at being the head coach. Yeah. Well, actually, when you said that about ESPN, I thought you were going to say about ESPN reporting that the Dolphins had fired Chan Gailey, which they hadn't done at all and had to uh, retract the, uh, retract it and do a little apology statement. Well, that was- I mean, it wasn't the worst retraction of the week. The actress who died then was still alive and was revealed that she was still alive to her husband live on Inside Hollywood. That's <laughs> quite a... That's quite a... The former Bond girl, I can't remember her name, Tanya something. Tanya Roberts. There you go. She's now dead, but she was dead, dead alive. The video of her husband finding out live on TV is brilliant if other people want to go and um, check it out. Um, quickly, before we wrap up, who do you think is going to win this weekend then? Um, the Steelers will win by default, I think, which is a shame because, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think, I tell you who's got an interesting game this week. Lamar Jackson. And this is why I could never be a professional athlete, apart from talent. Um the mindset of Lamar Jackson going into this game, he's lost two out of two playoff games. He's been the league MVP. He's been on the cover of Madden. His contract is probably being up, up for talks now because it's the end of his third year. Yeah, yeah. But if he goes 0 for 3 in the playoffs, it just gives the Ravens a really interesting discussion, I think. Um, and I don't know how you quantify a player like that. Uh, and, and how you judge their, their value. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to every game. The the Bucks against the football team, I think, will be a good game. I suppose, from a Seahawks perspective, you want uh, the football team to to win. But I really love Brady. I love Gronk. And I just, I'm really enjoying the story and what they're doing. And sticking it to New England is just objectively funny. Um, <laughs> so there's part of me that kind of wants them to wants them to keep doing well. Um, it's is it the the Ravens are playing the who, who's got the Colts? Bills. The Bills. I mean, I hope the Bills win that because again, I just think they've been brilliant. But there's part of me that worries that they're uh, they're going to blow it. I really want Philip Rivers to win a playoff game. I kind of want Philip Rivers to win the Super Bowl, I think. Interesting. Not Maybe not this year. I, do, I, I, I love watching Philip Rivers. I, I love listening to Philip Rivers. Fan. I love Philip Rivers. Like, that team is, I said Philip Rivers a lot in the last 30 seconds, but um, he's just fun. Like, like he's, he's no, like, he's not like a machine. His throwing action makes us think we can throw the ball 40 hours to T.Y. Hilton. 
And Jonathan Taylor has finally emerged at the back end of the season. That defense is sneaky good, even if it possibly was a bit overrated early in the season. But yeah, the Bills are a uh, cliched buzzsaw at the minute. 56 points against a team that needed to win to get in on Sunday is just, it's quite a um, statement. Uh, It kind of feels like the AFC is going to end up being Bills Chiefs. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think the Bills will win. I want the Colts to win. Mm -hmm. I think... I think the Titans will win and I kind of want the Ravens to win because, yeah, I just think Lamar and... I mean, that defence lost perhaps the best free safety of their own volition, the best free safety in the NFL over the last decade and did not skip a beat. It's ridiculous. Mm. Like, they lost Earl Thomas. Obviously, they cut him, so it was their decision, but... Um, the interesting thing is that for the normally wildcard weekend has has four games four duds there's normally two duds yeah and this game has this week has six belters well it has and five well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah I think I think I think the Browns could have beat the Steelers with I mean they did on Sunday without Mason Rudolph I think I mean, Mason Rudolph threw that ball around. I think Greg Rosenthal pointed out yesterday on Twitter that like, no no one seemed to mention how well Mason Rudolph played on Sunday, even though they lost. Mm. Um, and then our game. I, mean, I, I think they put Washington-Tampa in the primetime slot because they may have thought the Giants were going to get there. Mm. Well, I- the Giants against Brady in the playoffs is just ready-made storyline, isn't it? Yeah, that would have been amazing. But but yeah, uh, one more thing on the pod. Those who on socials, Twitter and Facebook yesterday, and this is the first podcast going up on the early access stuff. We launched a pedestrian podcast, Patreon. Uh, it's called two, two tiers. You get more. Uh, we're going to be doing an extra show, maybe more episodes through the off season. Me and Ben are going to be doing a college football draft one for those interested. Obviously, not everyone is interested in that aspect. But yeah, if you just want to, just go and pledge uh, some monies towards this to help us bring better stuff. I mean, Adam's already equipped himself with better sound, apparently. So, I mean, there's not much else to do, but please go and uh, pledge some money to help support the pod. We appreciate every penny that people dive in. We've already had a couple uh, put some money forward, which is very appreciated, especially with how the world and maybe people's finances sit at the minute. So yeah, it's very much appreciated and could be a fun thing to do over the coming days, weeks and months, Adam. Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh you know the off season doesn't have an awful lot necessarily of of you know the throwing and the kicking of the ball going on, but it's as exciting a time for all the rest of the stuff uh, and projections and drafting and fantasy and the college game or whatever. So I think uh you especially with Ben and um, I'm sure we'll do a couple more extra shows you know, a week or whatever, and I think we'll get some really good content out there. Yeah, and obviously last off season, we kind of nailed it on the guests. So if anyone wants to throw over some, some suggestions, maybe tag some people on social media who they want us to uh, bore with our nonsense for 25, 30 minutes and do that as well. But if we want to get involved with that, there's two tiers. Uh, I can't remember the prices, £4 and £10, I think. And it's uh, the page, uh, patreon.com forward slash the pedestrian podcast patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n if you want to get involved with the podcast through that or the usual means and methods you can uh but yeah until next time enjoy the game on sunday enjoy 
was it super wildcard weekend? The NFL are dubbing it. And this has been the pedestrian podcast. Go Hawks. <laughs>
on the move, throwing, end zone, touchdown! Freddie Swain, the rookie out of Florida. And they convert, Wilson, end zone, Hollister, touchdown! Wilson looking on fourth down, lobs one up to the end zone, and the catch is made for a touchdown! by Tyler Lockett on his 100th reception of the season. You know, finishing strong is always something that we love, and here we go. You know, here comes playoff time, so the, the start to this finish begins uh, this next weekend. Okay.